0: We've been doing this thing called the Fives. I hope you've been enjoying it. I've heard a lot of great feedback from you all about this. Five minutes, five speakers on the topic that we've been picking. And today, perseverance is such an absolutely important um, concept to work with. And I believe that today you're going to hear a really diverse smattering of, of thoughts on on perseverance, and Shane has been around here for a long time, longer than I've been here, and um, he has made a huge impact. He's uh, filled our nurseries at times. He's uh, he's a children's teacher. He's probably helped you all move out of your house at some point. Um, he is a he is the ministry of helps kind of guy. When you think about that guy in your church, he's the guy that gets his hands dirty and shows up and stays until it's done, and then stays late and helps you clean up. And that's just the kind of guy Shane is. And, and uh, he's he's got a great testimony of perseverance. He's in a, just a sweet spot in life where he's really seeing God just make a way. And, um, and although there continues to be obstacles, he continues to just soar with that confidence from every victory that we've seen him go through. So would you welcome Shane Harbolt this
1: morning? Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Pastor John, for this opportunity. Pastor John asked me to share, so I said I would, uh, about my testimony a little bit. And it really comes down through tithing. It's all about tithing, 10%, 100% of the time. And a lot of people say, well, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know what I've been through. You're right. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been through. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about where I've been and what I've been through. And I got married at a young age. I was 18 years old when I got married. I've been married 16 years in June. And God just showed himself real all the way through it. Uh, God guy gave me a verse this year. It's Romans 7.25. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acts to set things right in, the, in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and my mind, but I am pulled by influence of sin to just do something totally different. The solution is life on God's terms. And if we just live with the solution is life on God's terms, then he'll make a way every time. Um, you know, I've been paying my tithe for as far back as I can remember. When we got married, can't say everything was perfect, um, we kind of walked away. But we'd go to church once a month just to pay our tithe because I was raised in the church. I knew it worked. So I'd get to church to pay my tithe if that was nothing else. Mom was always in church. She's like, hey, we're going here this week. So we'd went, we'd pay our tithe, and then we'd leave, go four or five weeks, and then we'd go back. Um, So we just kept going. In 2007, I made some foolish choices. Uh, It was me. It wasn't God. It was me. And I had to file bankruptcy. Um, It was a tough time. It was a pride issue for me to have to file it. I could actually talk about it now. (laughs) For a long time, I couldn't talk about it. Uh, But it was all me. I made the choices. I kind of didn't stay with God. Uh, In April of last year, my trustee came to me and said, well, you made too much money this year. Well, I made too much money over the last four years in an economy that was going through a rough time. My paychecks kept going bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, the trustee didn't like that too much. So he said, we're gonna raise it by about $310 every two weeks or every paycheck. Well, I didn't have an extra $310 every two weeks to just be given away. Cause I had to work two jobs the way it was to make everything happen. I've always worked, you know, it didn't come easy, but I paid my tithe and I worked hard. Um, So I said, okay fine. If you say it's going to happen, we'll do it. Um, I said, but I don't have it. He says, don't pay your tithe. I mean, this is my trustee telling me don't pay your tithe because he sees my statement. He knows how much I pay. I said, Nope, I'm paying my tithe. I always have always will. So in order to get $310 extra on my paycheck, you know, I got to make 450 to come out with $310 to give it to him. So, you know, I said, okay, if that's what it has to do, when's going to happen? He said, it's going to happen in June. I said, all right, when? He goes, next paycheck. I'm like, thanks for the warning. I said, okay, God, um, you got to show yourself real. You told me to pay my tithe. I pay my tithe faithfully. Now you've got to show me that you're real. I mean, you've never let me down. Show me. Within that first two weeks, I got a commission of a little over $450. Praise God, okay, there's a long ways to go. So, you know, God showed himself real that week, and he continued to do it. Uh, about 20 weeks to go in my bankruptcy, 10 pay periods. I got a letter in the mail saying we're throwing your bankruptcy out. out. You'll have to go back to the beginning and deal with all your debtors, which to me was a big deal because when you figure it all up, we're only paying about 12% of what I owe debtors back to the bankruptcy. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this again. And he said it was because when they backdated, I had about $3,900 that I owed them. So I said we made some arrangements, gave him all my tax return, which wasn't much, and then we said we'll pay up by May 15th. We'll have everything else caught up, and he said fine. But if you don't have it by July 31st, you're done and your bankruptcy's out. So with 19 paydays to, or nine paydays to go, which is 18 weeks, I got a couple large sales. I went to my boss and said, Hey, look, can we divide these by the next pay, nine pay periods? to get me through the end of my bankruptcy. And he said, sure, not a problem. Yeah, great boss. Well, when we divided it up, it came to $777. Okay, not $776 and some odd cents, not $77 and some odd cents, exactly $777. And to me, it was just God kind of waving and saying, see, I'm real. I told you I'd take care of you, and I'm going to continue to take care of you. Not only will I get all the way through my bankruptcy with enough, I'll be able to pay the back debt that we owed and have it all caught up now. And from June of 2010 through July 29th of 2011, God has made it. Every two weeks, I had at least $450 extra on every paycheck to pay the $310 extra. And it wasn't me. It was God showing himself real because when the world said, don't pay your tithe, I paid my tithe, 10%, 100% of the time. So my word to you, life, live life on God's terms. The solution is life on God's terms. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Shane. Great job. Hey, uh, we're going to, Mike Lamont is going to share via video, because of course, you know, he had to go up to the jail. So uh, he's going to share on perseverance on video, so.
2: Good morning, gentlemen of victory. I love the way that sounds, men of victory. Perseverance is, is knowing that God will never give you, ever never give you more than you can handle. And, and so when you understand that, uh, you know, it's easy to, talk to, it's easy to talk to the problem. It's easy to tell the problem how big your God is. I mean, God's never going to put you in a place. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen says God will never put you in a place that he has not already provided you a way out. So, so there's already a victory there. You already win. So now you just have to wait and be patient and understand that God's given you that victory. When I think of perseverance, I think of the, the poem uh, Footprints. You know, this young man's talking to Jesus and, he, and they're reflecting on his life, and he notices that every time there's a problem or a trouble spot in his life, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And he says, Lord, you, you said you would never leave or forsake me, and yet there's only one set of footprints. And at that time, Jesus explains to that young man that those are the times when Jesus is carrying him. Just like it says in Joshua 1 5 that, um, you know, I will never leave or forsake you. That If you believe that promise, Perseverance becomes almost simplified. Yes, there's going to be a stretch. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of pain, but you will persevere. In your weakness, God is strongest, Uh, 2 Corinthians Um, 12.9. When you're weak, you give God the opportunity, when you're on your knees, to show you just how big... Our God really is, you know, it's 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 crazy because in my life, you know, I'm sure that they wanted me to probably tell some story here this morning about a tragic accident and all those things. And and yes, those things all happened in my life and I persevered through all of them, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me who persevered. It was the grace of God. I didn't know that at the time, but of course I know that now. I mean, now when you look at the possible problems that could come, you know, all you have to realize is that those 3,300 some promises are true. Um, You know, there's a reason God gave you the gifts and the talents that He's given you. There's a reason because He set you up to succeed. God didn't intend for you to not succeed. So, you know, once you grasp that concept, you will persevere through everything because you'll understand that not only did He set you up for the success, but through His grace, His grace working through you, you'll see it step by step. You know, He's not going to show you the whole thing, but as you see this, you'll begin to persevere through every single problem. Uh, You have tools he's given you. Oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit, something that's going to tell you of things to come, something that's going to put a check in your heart uh, uh, when things aren't right, you know. He's given us the Bible, the blueprint for life. I mean, inside that Bible, you know, you find the answer to every single problem. So as you go to persevere and as you feel like you're alone and as you feel like you're the only person who ever went through this, you know, then you can stop and look at that Bible and, and figure out that, you know, there's a reason he said 365 times in there, do not fear. So perseverance, you have the victory. You've already got it. You know, when you see someone who went through, you know, the oh my God stuff, how did he survive that? How did they survive that? And, and this, this empathy comes upon you and you just wonder, man, what would I do in a situation like that? Well, guess what? They didn't survive it. You can't survive it. I didn't survive it. Not without Jesus. You know, the greatest story that we know of that we could ever reflect on where perseverance is concerned is the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus had many opportunities to back out. He had a lot of opportunities. And then finally, one moment, you know, on his knees in the garden, uh, he says, Father, uh, if you can take this cup from me. And then he says, your will be done. Okay, remember, now I told you, God will never give you more than he can handle. He always sets you up for success. He wants you to succeed and have an abundant life. God wants you to talk to the mountain. He wants you to cast it into the sea. So so when Jesus said this and he, he gave it to God, he said, your will be done. And then he persevered. He persevered through the spitting and the pushing and the pulling and the punching. He persevered through probably the greatest beating that any man could, could, could ever walk away from. And then, after that beating, he carries his own cross to be killed on. And then he didn't almost die for you. He did die for you. He didn't almost. He didn't stop right there and go, okay, man, I get it. I've had enough. No, he persevered. He died on that cross for you. He died. And his perseverance makes our perseverance easy as you are, are, are learning more about the Word of God, as you gather and consume this Word, as you eat this every day, what you're going to find is that you're going to be taking on things that are bigger than you. You're going to step forward into places. You know, you're going to live over that line of inconvenience because you know, you know you can persevere. You saw what Jesus did. You heard what God said. You understand it. But if you don't understand it, if you don't read that book... Perseverance can be a very long, long, painful, and sometimes impossible task. So get into that word. Know those promises. Build your faith. Don't be afraid to step over the line of inconvenience. Don't be afraid to tell that problem how big your God is. Remember, all things through Christ who strengthens you, you are capable of. And I know that every one of you in this room will persevere. Have a great morning.
0: Yes. He said something that I didn't even hear when we were putting these videos together, and I don't know if it was a slip of the tongue or if he meant it. I'll have to ask him, but he said, God will never give you anything more than he can handle. i would never thought of that before. I want to ask you a question. Are you on the offense or the defense? This is a really important question to ask yourself. I love the word perseverance because, to me, perseverance speaks of being on the offense. You could use words like endure or withstand, and those words are important, and there's, you, know, you do them. But those almost give me more of the kind of let's just batten down the hatches and try to weather the storm. But persevere gets out of the house in the storm. Perseverance says, if you'll pardon my language, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, like in the Battle of Mobile Bay. It says, you know what, I'm going to advance no matter what it costs me. And so today, before you can really think about perseverance, you have to decide in your picture, when you shut your eyes, you lay your head on your pillow, are you on the offense or the defense? Because... On the offense, we all deal with resistance. The enemy is continually, 24 hours a day, going to bring resistance. We will have resistance all of the time. So the question is this. If you're on the offense, resistance merely tries to slow you down or maybe stop you. But if you're living life on the defense, you're still going to have resistance. Resistance will cause you to literally move backwards. And unless you've resolved the fact that you're willing to lose ground in this life, well, then you're just going to have to realize that resistance is something that you're just going to have to manage the rest of your life you have to understand what it is you're persevering against you have to understand the nature of resistance fear is at the core of our resistance the enemy continually you know this right from your life i mean the, the enemy's always bringing fear and there's two dominant fears and usually i just think of the fear of failure the fear of failure says you might fail and you know what yep you might fail but you know what you will fail if you don't try There's only one way to know that you're going to fail, and that's by not persevering. I read this in a book recently. Winners are simply those who have become good at failing. You do not become a winner without learning how to fail well, to get back up, and to keep persevering. Failure's biggest tragedy, believe it or not, would be that you stop and that you never move forward. That's the true failure. The fear of success is surprisingly the other fear. Sometimes we say that we're afraid of failing, but what we're really saying is I'm afraid that I might actually get the things that I'm pursuing and I might actually have to live at that level. And, and people might actually raise the bar on the expectations in my life. I might actually, once I change my family, I might actually have to be a leader in that family. And I think we've been in those kind of places before. In 2007, in the Rotterdam Zoo, the, they had these string of gorilla attacks. And some lady was, was really seriously injured. And what they had found in studying gorillas is that gorillas do not like to be looked at. Gorillas are very insecure, they're very threatened and intimidated by eye contact. And so today, when you go to the Rotterdam Zoo and you want to go to the gorilla exhibit, this is what they give you. <laughs> I downloaded this from their site. This is what they give you. I can't see. This is a little dangerous, but I I I think theirs you can see through. I think that's the whole point. So, what happened is they designed these glasses so that when the gorillas look at you, they don't think you're looking at them. Isn't that ridiculous? But that's but that I use that just to simply say in the fear of success, many times our fear is that people are going to watch us. Well, you know what? If you're going to persevere, you have to be willing to be visible. And I tell you what, sometimes we just want to be hidden. We just want to blend into the crowd. We just don't want to have to take any risks. But I'm telling you what, you have to be willing to be visible if you're going to be a man that perseveres and accomplishes things. The resistance that the enemy puts in your life is going to continually be seeking to give credibility to one of these two fears by just saying, by using things that are actually truthful. Well, you know, you tried that before and you failed. Well, you know, well, you know, they know this and, you know, they're expecting you to fail. And, you know, you'll, and some people fear success because they think I might actually get it and then lose it. I mean, you know, people who have been poor got rich and then they were just dominated by fear of losing the end because they couldn't stand to go back to where they came from. And so you ha- you, our job, we can't get rid of the resistance, but we can manage it by not giving it undue credibility. We continue to follow after God. How do we do it? We know this. If God is for us, who can be against us? We believe that his perfect love casts out all fear. We believe that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We believe that he will not permit the righteous to be moved. We believe that he's gone ahead ahead of us and secured the provision. Remember, he had a, a cult. He had an upper room prepared. He's, he has made the way for us, and he's done it in your life. There's a cult in your life. There's an upper room in your life that has already been prepared, but you'll never even come across it until you persevere and get there. And if you don't persevere and get there, you'll always wonder why God never solved it for you. Don't be one of those people. He is taking us from glory to glory, and I just want to leave you with this. the The road to comfort is crowded, and it rarely gets you there. And I think if you're going to be a man who perseveres, you're going to have to learn to embrace the fact that there's going to be inconvenience and there's going to be discomfort continually in our lives. We have to rise above it because it's in the situation of those, of those times of discomfort. That's where the miracles happen. That's where the provision happens. That's where the wisdom happens. So today, head into the wind. Find where the wind is blowing, head into it because the resistance is always an indicator of where the biggest victory stands to be won. Amen? Amen.
3: This gentleman that, that we're going to hear from, you, many, many of you know uh, who Pastor Stanley is for, uh, from Pastor Bill and Pastor Brad sharing uh, their heart, talking about Pastor Stanley, uh, all the things that he's done. He, he, um, not until this trip did, did I fully understand all the things that, that he's had to fight against, all the things that he's had to stand against. We're very, we're very fortunate in this, and and I believe that it's God. But we're very fortunate in that, pastors, we see what Pastor Stanley is doing right now in the Sudan. It's it's the persevering that happened ten years before he met Pastor Bill, that that really I believe was the seed that was planted for the harvest that's going on today. You you don't you don't always reap the harvest as soon as you plant the seed, and sometimes there's a lot of seed planting. Before There's a harvest but you have to know this and as a farmer being in a farming community We understand this to have a big harvest. There has to be a lot of seed and he, he's not only planted seed of the word Not only planted seed of his finances. He's planted a seed of himself his wife and his children to to be in the Sudan and uh, To do what God called him to do It's not always pretty. It's not always fun. It's not always uh, uh, easy in the flesh but in the spirit there's nothing more fun there's nothing more rewarding and his yoke is easy and his burden is light so he wants to share with you just a little bit today just a few minutes uh, on what he has had to go through and the perseverance that he's had to endure uh... in his world
4: i am pastor stanley and uh, i just want to share a little bit about my testimony and uh... that will do somehow about perseverance and uh... If God had shown me all the things that I went through uh in the time that I was in Ye beginning from Kampala when we arrived, Kampala, all those things i could have I could have rejected the call of God in my life, I would have chosen uh, another exit, but somehow God took me from one step to another, and uh to me basically it is because. God led me to a place where he allowed me to burn all the bridges behind me and he surrounded me in every direction so that I couldn't have any choice to do anything or to go anywhere other than doing what he has called me to do. And that is perseverance. When we arrived at Kampala, we were four people and the, uh, uh, the security a situation that time was not really good, and we had a problem at the airport for eight hours. We sat there and they were asking us questions and they were checking everything they were opening even books and checking inside what is inside for eight hours and uh, uh Lastly, they allowed us to come out after we were really worn out and on our from from Kampala we came to Arua to encounter the same problem just two days and after these two days we were arrested and jailed for three days for no reason at all and after that we we were deported this is what they said they, they were deporting us to Yay into south sudan and that deportation occurred very swiftly and we left most of our luggage behind in arua and arriving in Ye immediately we were in the hands of the security personnel here in YA and we were to literally report to the security offices every morning for one month and they took all our passports and so on i was literally tired and i even on the way i thought of why 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 should all these things happen and and uh, I, there was no way i could go back to Egypt because I my passport my passport we did not have any way to get a visa. There is no way that I can I, I can I can have money to buy a return ticket because my ticket was just one way. So with all this uh, happening to me and other things after we were released from from uh, the security people, other things that happened through the ministry throughout the ministry from 1999 to 2008. That was very very difficult time. That some of those things I believe contributed to the health challenge that I had and uh, with all that uh, it was the kind of perseverance that I, I i cannot describe it was the grace of god upon my life that i could not do anything otherwise other than doing exactly what god had called me to do and that is where we are so far and we thank god for what he has done because as i said earlier that if he had shown me all those things that i went through Before I left Egypt, I could have decided to do something else. I could have remained. I could have gone another place. But uh, he showed me one thing at a time. And uh, it helped me to grow in perseverance. And it, uh, it has helped me to be able to encourage other people. My life and my testimony could be a testimony that I can share with people like you now. I am not a superhero. I am not anything. But I am... I am just by the grace of God I am today whom God has made me to be by his grace and uh, I just want to share this very briefly with you I believe that it will be a blessing to you and it will encourage you it may be different with you my mind God allowed me to burn all the bridges around me there was no way I can uh, nobody I can turn to Nobody I can turn to for counsel, nobody I can, I can turn to for help. Even sometimes when we had no money, sometimes we went hungry. But we, I, he, he allowed me to be alone, just alone with him. And uh, I just really want to thank God and I believe this short testimony will be a blessing and it, it will encourage your life. God bless you. Thank you. He's, uh, he's a
3: very, very, uh, very amazing man. Continue to pray for Pastor Stanley. I talked to him yesterday, and uh, he's doing very well. This guy was coming back to, to Sudan to do what God told him to do. He, he had already, if you will, escaped to Egypt. He had already gone through Bible, stu- Bible school. He had lots of opportunity ahead of him. He's, he's a, he is an incredibly sharp man and uh, could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere. And done anything that really, truly he had his heart to do. But God told him to go back to his home. Go back to his country. Go back to Sudan. And make a difference in the people. And on his way back, he ends up in jail twice. All of his stuff taken. All of his money taken. Not just him in jail. They put his wife in jail. Uh, not just once, but twice. And then they're checking in every week. And, and hounding him and harassing him. How easy would it have been for us to say... Screw this! I'm out of here. I am. I am gone. But God told him, "This is who you are. This is what you're doing, and this is where you need to be." And he persevered. He said, "I could." When he says, "I couldn't get back to Egypt." I couldn't go back to Egypt. It just makes me crack up because, you know, that was always a story that children of Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. He really did want to go to like Egypt. I mean, we say that. We say that like I had to go back to Egypt, like it was that job that God had delivered us from or that thing that he had delivered us from. We say, don't go back to Egypt. He was like, no, no, I really want to go back to, to Egypt. It's the country. I was I was there. But uh, he did all that because he he wanted to do what God told him to do. And you have to persevere in your life if you're going to make it and you're going to to get to that place. So I just wanted to share with you real quickly just five minutes on perseverance. You know, perseverance is defined as, and nobody did this, but it's steadily persistent, Means steadily persistent in your course or your action in spite of difficulties. And, And the word that God gave me to share with you today is things might be difficult, but that doesn't make them impossible. The things that you face might be difficult in the flesh, but that doesn't mean you have the right to quit. The things that you're going through right now, they may be difficult for you. They may be difficult for your family. They may be difficult for your children, but you can't quit. Don't quit in the midst of difficult situations. Because on the other side of the difficult situation is the thing that God's leading you to, the thing that you're believing for, and the thing that, you ha- that he has for you. Difficult is not bad. It says in the word, I know his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but it also says that I'm supposed to toil and work. And I'm going to have to put my hand to the plow. And it says that I'm going to have to put some sweat on my brow. And God won't give me anything, as Mike said, that that I can't handle. But by golly, I can do all things through Christ. That means you're doing things. We're not sitting around and we're not complaining and we're not quitting. The word difficult means not easily or readily done. How many of you want to do something that's easily and readily done? Great things are never accomplished without facing difficulty and without facing resistance, as Corey talked about. It means requiring much labor, skill, or planning to be successful. The word difficult means hard. And there are some things that you have to push through. In the, in the 15 years that I've done what I've done, it's been, it's been difficult nearly every day. Every day you have to tell yourself, come on, bro, get up out of bed. I mean, when I say I get in the shower and I say, God, I can't do it today. I need your strength. You need to help me. I'm not just saying something just cause. I literally every day get in the shower And as I'm taking a shower, I say, God, I can't face today without your strength. I need it. Can you put, there's an exchange that's made. If you're going to persevere, you're going to have to do it in his strength, not yours, because the things that you face are difficult. The situations that you face, the bills you have to pay, the health issues that you face, the things that are going on in your family with your children and your wife and whatever that might be. But difficult is not a reason to quit. It's not a reason to give up. We all face that. Have you ever done anything of great significance that was just the easiest thing that you ever did? Rarely, rarely do you just win the lottery. I mean, how many of it'd be nice if Ed McMahon showed up with a big check for a hundred thousand dollars for the butt butt? Right, going to be difficult because he's not around anymore. <laughs> but I'll tell you this story, and Terry Henshaw shared with me last night this story, and and I'll just encourage you with, with this, just as me. Do I get a timeout? But um. Sharon Doherty stood up a couple weeks ago at Victory and said, we're going to raise, I think it was $400,000. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was a couple million. I don't don't remember what it was, but uh, to go forward with some things. And and they were things that she was going to put money in, like like the 99 that Terry does. He's traveling around the country. and, And at the moment, at the time when I talked to him last August, we were the only church that was monthly supporting the 99. Only church in the country. Now others gave and others gave more than we surely gave but we're the only people who said you know what we'll send you some money every month because we believe in what you're doing. Victory supported them and everything else but then Sharon stood up one day and said you know what part of our part of our growth part of our building is going to come from us planning $200,000 in the 99. This is how this is how we I mean if you that's hard to do. That takes perseverance. That takes guts to stand up in front of people and say we're going to give $200,000 to these people that's above and beyond our budget. And 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 all, while she was sharing the next mo- thing on her list. Bruce Edwards, he's their associate pastor. He jumped up and ran on stage and whispered into Sharon's ear. And she said, some guy just contacted Bruce via email on his phone and said that he's going to pay the entire $200,000 for the 99. So it's that, you know, you say Ed McMahon doesn't show up with a check that can happen, but it doesn't, that doesn't happen without faith. It doesn't, happen, it doesn't happen without standing. It doesn't happen without, without God coming through. But somebody has to be out there planting those seeds, doing those things. And we're going we're gonna to raise $100,000, but there's going to be difficult in the natural. There's going to have to be some times where you want to give up, but you're not going to be able to give up. There's going to have to be some times where maybe I want to bail out of the ship. I can't bail out of the ship. I'm, I'm, I'm sailing this ship. Whether you're the captain, whether you're the first mate, whether you're the guy that's working on the engine, whether you're the guy that's picking up crabs from deadliest camp, whatever you are on that boat, your job's important. And each and every one of you are going to face things. And I want to encourage you now. There may be influence. There may be vision, but you will have to persevere. You, you cannot quit. There'll be no reaping. There'll be no harvest. There'll be no victory if you quit. So you have to push through desire. The desire to quit is always present. The desire to quit is always present. But your life is a snapshot of your ability to persevere. Your life is a snapshot. What you are today is how you persevered yesterday. Who you are today is because of what you persevered, what you went through, what you endured, what you came through with the Lord. You're not going to do it on your own. You're going to do it with him. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says that we're supposed to get rid of the things that slow us down, get rid of the sin, the things that easily ensnare us, run our race with what? Endurance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, if we're going to persevere, whether it's my message, Corey's message, Stanley's message, Brad, or uh, Mike's message or Shane, it, it's about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Shane said 10 percent, 100 percent of the time. He's not ashamed to tell that story. He ended up in a very bad place, but he decided, you know what? I'm going to do what God told me to do, regardless of what people tell me to do. I'm going to do what I know is right in my heart, no matter how difficult it is. You need to stop tithing. No, we don't. God will make another way somehow. I'll go out and get a morning paper route. And that sucker signed his family up for a morning paper route where he got up every morning at four o'clock or three o'clock in the morning folded papers and went out with his kids on his truck, drove up and down his neighborhood and threw papers on people's door. He makes it sound like it's a real simple deal that he just prayed, did his thing. And praise God, he did. But sometimes God brings you a check that's $450 more. Sometimes he tells you to go out there and get a paper out. And you better believe that isn't a good time. That's not a lot of fun to get your kids up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I guarantee you this, in 10 years when those kids get ready to graduate, one of the stories they'll be telling is that story of getting up in the morning with their dad to throw papers. Don't be afraid to do something that's... In, that's it's uncon- uh, uh, unconceivable. Don't be afraid to do something that's just unconventional. If God opens the door, step through it no matter what it is. Mike says, God can't give you anything you can't handle. Corey said, sail into the wind. Stanley says, burn the bridges. Don't leave yourself any way out. And I just leave you with this. Don't quit. Don't quit in the midst of a difficult situation. Push through that situation. What God has for you may be just on the other side. Amen. Amen.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, I just want to encourage you... Get in touch with me, menatvictorylafayette.org, or call the church. Um, get through the website. You can get through us through the website. This is, uh, this is not my group. This is our group, and, uh, and we're going to accomplish some great things together. And so I'd love to hear your input, how we can be praying for you, all those things, how we can truly be a movement of men that radically change our homes, church, and community. Amen? Father, we thank you for this day. Solidify the things that you've put in our hearts and give us the courage to walk them out this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.